Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Eddie Van Halen here, telling you, keep playing, man. Gotta keep playing. It's the only thing there is, music, man. Keep playing, all right? I want to get myself a drum kit, because I like the uh, song Glad All Over, boom, 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 uh, by Dave Clark Five. And I wanted to play drums, so I got a paper out, bought a St. George drum kit for 125 bucks, And my mom somehow had convinced my brother to still do something musically respectable, which is take flamenco guitar lessons. Now, uh, forgive me if my uh, memory or recollection is, is different from, from yours, Hal, <laughs> but all I remember is me going out and, and, and throwing the papers and coming home, and he's playing my drums. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, it you know, peeled me a bit in the beginning, you know? And then finally I just said, okay, he's just better than I am. So... I never wanted to play guitar, but I said, okay, go ahead, take my drums, I'll play your damn guitar. <laughs> and, and, uh, You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast. This week, we pay our respects to King Edward, Eddie Van Halen. Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, LC, and I'm joined as always with the red and white striped Baco. How are you, sir? You know, for the most part, I'm well. Uh, not really looking forward to today's topic in the sense of that uh, it's sad news, but you know, it's, it's, it, I guess it's just worthy just getting into and paying some respect to a guy who had a huge influence on 
you, myself, every band that we've talked about, anybody who's ever picked up a guitar since 1980 at least. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, we, of course, we're talking about um, the passing of Eddie Van Halen. He passed away what, uh, as we were recording Tuesday. So what was that, the, the, the 6th or the 7th? Sounds about right. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, and... Um and he he's been battling cancer for boy over a decade. So David LaRoth kind of intimated, I don't know, recent, <laughs> somewhat recently that things were a little more David dire. Lee Roth. Lee Roth. <laughs> David Lee Roth. Uh that things were probably a little more dire than I think a lot of people thought at this point, you know. Hmm. Um because I I wasn't aware that he was like like terminally ill. I just knew that, you know, he he was dealing with cancer off and on. I wasn't even sure. I thought it might have even been in remission at one point. I, I remember it. I mean, it came as a shock to me because he's not a guy that you would uh, put in the um, the Deadpool. You know what I mean? Like, I, I if, if you said, like, who's going to uh, pass away in 2020? And and I remember, like, I don't know how long it was ago, but and maybe it sounds like you did a lot more research than I did uh, prepping for this. So I remember, like, a couple years ago, they said something like he had uh, he had tongue cancer, right? Okay, but but he did something, and it was kind of like a, either he said there was some magic that got rid of it, or he it was a really weird inter- interview because he did some like odd procedure or whatever. He said like, it's gone, it's done, I'm cured. Or do you remember something like that? Yeah, it was it, it was early two thousands. Um, because I know it was shortly before Dimebag died. I couldn't find the actual article, but yeah, he 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 cut off a. It piece was in rolling. Go ahead, go ahead. He, Sorry, he, he claimed he cured it by cutting off a piece of his tongue, liquefying it, and injecting it into his bloodstream. That's what it was. I knew it was something uh, like, like uh, you know, just I made this up and it, it's it's cured me. Um, okay, all right, all right, all right. I thought it was more recently when you talked about it, but yeah. So that that so anyway, yeah. And I never heard anything going um, sideways or is nothing. I mean, he's he's not exactly a guy that's in the press. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. Period. Um, I did hear. I want to say this year or, or sometime last year. That he was going to France for some stem cell or some sort of cancer treatment that he couldn't get here. Oh, um, okay. And so I, that told me that it was back. Yeah, he's made a lot of kind of weird claims about it. He, he, he thinks he got it from sucking on metal picks because <laughs> uh, not, not the two packs a day that he was smoking for four years. <laughs> you know? what I was say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a bit of, I think he's a bit of a smoking denier. I mean, yeah. um, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, that's. He's definitely had some health issues over the time, over time, over time. But um, yeah, I just didn't know if, how you want to do this. If you want to talk about our our connection with Van Halen in general, if you want to continue with um, what you have, you know, I, I thought it'd just be kind of fun to do kind of a free form talk today. Just kind of let it kind of let our thoughts on, and we'll share. Yeah, you know, I got a lot of stories and anecdotes of Eddie. Uh, That's cool from over the years that we can share. But yeah, I suppose a good leaping off point would be you know where. Uh, his music came in to our life. I thought it was interesting to find out that Van Halen was the first uh, group that you owned everything by. Like you, uh, you completed their. Oh yeah. Well, part of it was it was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like at that, like I got into uh, my first one that I owned, and they owned on vinyl in 1988 because I had just purchased a turntable, um, which took me another what 30 years to buy a second one, mm-hmm. um, but. But my point is, I got that because I was like, I'd been to this place called Vaughn's Records, and I, I did the math, and, and I looked at everything, and, and at the time, you know, vinyl was, you know, it, they, they were just trying to get rid of it. So the used section, you would get like $3 albums versus, what, 10 bucks for tape? 
sometimes for new releases. For new, yeah. Eight bucks. Yeah. Eight bucks and stuff like that. So I was like, all right. And I just um, got OU812. And I thought, it's all right. You know, um, and then I just went and got all of them, like within like a, a week or two, and just mm. devoured them and loved them because they were they're similar to Kiss in the fact that they always left you wanting more. And I mean, because my attention span was, was you know, they're all like a half hour, 35 minutes, and I loved it. And uh, yeah, that was the first one because it was like six or seven albums at that point. You know, oddly, their vinyl is hard to track down. And I say oddly because there's, you know, from seven, they their first record came out in 78. That is prime vinyl time. Um, that's one you can still get pretty easily, but... but most of the other ones, even before CD really took over, or even cassette, because cassette, huh. cassette and vinyl were were pretty, you know, selling kind of equally at the same time. Okay. Well, if, again, you're looking at it like only your little world, your friends and their paper routes with right. the cassettes. That's, that's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, it's always my vision. Yeah, exactly. No, the, the numbers are there. They, they, it, uh, it wasn't like by '92. Where CD was ba- basically albums were not coming out on vinyl. My point is, sure. most of their stuff, there are millions of copies on vinyl out there, and but that kind of shows you the power of kind of hard rock more than anything to me. Is that like that is the the hardest stuff to find in used record stores? You can get you know all sorts of like R and B and country, but you know it's if you're looking for specific bands or artists that are hard rock or metal, that stuff doesn't really get brought back in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't mean because of his death. It's probably harder to get it now. For, it will be for a little bit. But uh, I had been just trying to find some. Uh, I have the first record on vinyl. And the only thing I found, but I've had that for decades. I just I bought in the last year uh, 5150. But that's the only thing I've even seen. So Yeah. If, if you, um, well, I have a place you can get them. Remember that Craigslist guy um, <laughs> that I almost got raped from in his basement? I don't think he had door. any Van Halen left. Oh, no, he had tons. Oh, why didn't you clean oh. them out? I did. I took every single Van Halen that, that he had. Um, that was like four or five albums. I, I So I actually do have some original ones or whatever. But my point is, is I'll tell you another. You talk about like the power of hard rock and like not getting rid of some of your stuff. So, you know, as I love to purge, mm-hmm. you know, we've never really talked about Van Halen that much. But these have survived since basically college. No, so right. they, the, the whole collection. Um, well, I should say that Van Halen 3, <laughs> I purged that one. And uh, and I never liked balance. But besides those two, I've got them all. And they survived. So there you go. I don't see a right here right now in that pile. Um, I got rid of that one too, but I did buy it. You know, that, that <laughs> I one, just um, bought that for the first time. I was at half price. I'm sorry. Books. I'm yeah, sorry. It was $4. Okay. I'm like, ah, fuck it. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember that 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 I was like, man, this just doesn't sound that good. And then I remember hearing that they re-recorded like every single part of it or something yeah. like that. I uh, the artwork is not very inspiring. It's like who no. this is this actually a concert or somebody's front yard yard sale? I can't. What I don't even know what that was. It was like Jesus or something, right? Yeah, it's like some uh, kind of statue right. in a. I don't know. It's a little too arty for Van Halen, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not but, sure uh, when I would have had my full collection or what have been up to current. Probably, oh man, I had a buddy uh, who uh, basically uh, I, I was able to fill my cassette rack with uh, his old cassettes when he decided to become more punk. Um, and so he had a lot of Van Halen, and, and I, I'm pretty sure I got most of his. Uh, but I didn't, boy, I, yeah, that, this is a good point. It was well into the 90s before I got Fair Warning. Um, sure. and that probably would have been the last one that I, that I owned other than like anything that came out new after that point. But up to that point, I'd never really 
like that record that much, so that was never one that I wanted to felt the need to buy. You know, money was tight yep. most of my life. Oh. So I should say too, Diver Down gone. No, mm. that was that. That was my fair warning. Yeah, Diver Down isn't very good either. Um, but you know, the thing is that both those records have some monster fucking tracks. That's uh oh, absolutely. That's kind of the the definition of the the Roth era stuff. You know, I I think. Uh, they go kind of the the peaks are lower on on the Sammy stuff, but they're a little more consistent, uh, and that's probably because of Sammy's approach to songwriting, whereas Dave is kind of more all over the place. But yeah, the the I mean, even Eddie's t- guitar tone, like when I think of Van Halen and what what they sound like, I'm my mind is going to the 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 Roth era stuff. Uh, yeah, there's some great great guitar playing throughout his career, but that is really the that's the zone, man. Um, you know, and and Fuck you, Ted Templeton, for sticking him in one speaker for uh, six records or whatever. <laughs> I kind of like it, yeah. uh, unless, like we've talked about, if your if your speaker yeah, goes, your out, speaker your, goes your car, out your car, or you, you, the wrong was, earbud falls out when you're jogging. Yeah, that was like a revelation though. Um, when I was messing with the balance on my my uh, like my dad's stereo at one point, like I was just messing with it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, loose loose senior with his. Uh, uh, What's to say, Harmon Carden uh, system? Yeah, changes every time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let so, the tubes but, warm up. <laughs> yes, exactly. Be careful with the needle. That's that's a that's a, a Google Phonics system. Hmm. Um, anyway, so but but that, when I did that, I was like, what? And I was like, this has to be just this song. Oh, it's every song. <laughs> Very odd at all. Yeah. No, but uh, somehow it works. And it's kind of like uh, like a. Uh, a retarded version of uh, of mono uh, is. <laughs> and who is the guy that the big time producer that loved mono? Uh, he went nuts and killed uh, a woman. Uh, Phil Spector, like sure. like into the seventies, he's like pushing mono, and uh, and well, there are those purists that want to hear those early Beatles records in mono, but they why were, they were recorded in mono, so I kind of get that. Maybe there, there's something to that, but. Uh man, I don't know. Stereo was a pretty obvious uh, you know, switch to make. I don't know. I'll I'll make my point that uh, unlike you, I actually do like the separation how it is. Mm. I think it's very unique. I enjoy it in my ear ear holes, yeah. especially on headphones. Anyway, um, but, it's, but even, I, I'll, I'll, it's way worse on headphones. It's oh, like, I love it on headphones. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, so I'll I'll, I'll also reinforce. This, by the way, people, suit- this is the same guy who the first the very first episode I edited. I did a, uh, a a studio trick that I learned through over the years that if you slightly pan talking or singing, it actually enhances it, and it really works when you got like a podcast. You noticed it right away and complained about it, and then I'm like, dude, listen to it a little bit. Yeah, and that was like 18 percent each way. You know, I was you know, yeah, but you, I'm a, I'm you a, want the fucking lead instrument on a song jammed into one ear. Come on, Paul only Stanley. for van, only for well, maybe I've been uh, you know, um, what do you got? Stockholm syndrome? Do maybe we know just, that? You know, do we? I, I've just been conditioned to it. Do we do we know which ear of Paul Stanley's is fucked up? Maybe like uh, the reason he didn't <laughs> like like maybe for years he never actually heard Eddie play. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that's that's true. He's like he's like well, I don't know what the big deal about this. All this is bass and drums, no vocals. <laughs> Everybody says but, his guitar player is so good. When does he start? Oh, he yeah, had to hate well, eruption. 
Oh my god, it was just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, that's the only one that's in both. Right, both, no, uh, yeah, no. both, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be funny though if it was just one speaker for that track? It would be just as stupid as doing it for an entire song. Oh my god, uh, calm down. Anyway, no! uh, but. But yeah, but but I'll reinforce the fact that as soon as I heard, um, and by the way, at first, but my news source is Baco mm. because uh, as soon as he passed away, you must have like the the lifeline um, connection or whatever because it was instantaneous that that uh, that I knew about it. But no, my point is, as soon as as soon as that happened, the first thing I thought of, and I'm not a like I think we've gone over this. I like Sammy Hagar. Mm. I like both eras, but the first thing I thought of was the Roth era. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, that's yeah. From the Eddie that that I guess that he definitely had flourishes to everything, both eras. But that's the one I think of first. I think everybody does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to share my thoughts a little bit on Van Halen as far as I think they're viewed uniquely in culture. And what I mean by that. Perfectly rated. Oh, they are absolutely perfectly rated. (laughs) But, um, oh, I'm sorry. I I, I didn't mean to say that, Baco. I I know I'm not allowed. I, I lost my card. They're coming to get you. Okay. Anyway. But uh, <laughs> they're one of these bands that that even though I would say that they rock as much as or more than a lot of their contemporaries, which is called hair metal era or Aerosmith or whatever you want to say. I mean, they they definitely have some 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 ripping songs, but they're looked at as I guess safe. They're not dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not like they don't have that 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 hard rock metal look they're just kind of fun you know what i mean and and somehow that gets them i'm not not talking about 84 and jump and stuff like that but but in general like normally you know panama doesn't exactly fit like i mentioned on on a a a different kind of station that would play like john cougar mellencamp at the time or or uh or madonna whatever but there it would be so that's Mm -hmm. i don't know they always just seem like that to me they're always like a summer band i mentioned that before Uh, i think you had a nice perspective of kind of their color of what was it, green or, or something well, like that? Well, Eddie called his guitar sound. tone the brown sound, but it always sounded oh. blue to me. But Okay, I don't know. I just think of it as, as like, if I'm thinking colors green because summer and, and things like that. But um, I don't know. I, I didn't know if you had any thoughts about that. But it's, it's like they, they kind of fall outside that hard rock, I think, kind of uh, zone from, from a sure, big perspective. Yeah, they, they're more broad-based. And that's one of the, the great things about Eddie is um, – there is not a probably more revered guitarist across every genre. There you know go. I mean, you know, I mean, because even guys like Steve Vai or Joe Satriani, there are haters. And now there is a hand. I've heard a handful of people um, as fans not really dig maybe Eddie Van Halen or, oh, he's overrated, that kind of shit. But um, I do think that, like, if you talk to musicians of all sorts, like, he is basically just revered pretty much 100%. Uh, but uh, to your point, I do think, you know, it's almost like Van Halen is is, is like the band that you listen to in, in that, like they represent, I should say, not necessarily this is the only time you listen to it, but th- that vibe of the Roth era stuff is like from 17 to 22 before you're doing anything serious, basically the late high school, college years. You know, no. and where you're slamming six packs of beer in a parking lot, you are you're getting together with friends to stand in line to get concert tickets. It's a big deal. It's Damone in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know, fucking scalping tickets. Like, come on, baby. You know, uh, and 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 that kind of party ethos is just all through that that original stuff. Uh, it's it changed dynamically as far as like the message. I think with Sammy, I I think anybody would agree with that. Um, 
But yeah, so they do kind of epitomize that parking lot concert band to me. You know what I mean? Not like sure. they're, they're not in the parking lot, but that that vibe that that this is an event that I'm all fired up for, and I don't have right. a house payment, I don't have kids, I'm just gonna get hammered and fuck that chick. You know what I mean? That wow, was, that's that's of, eloquent. Yeah. Um, if I could jump in here for a moment. <laughs> That. But uh, but no, I, I dare say it is definitely a party band. It makes you if you're drinking, it kind of makes you drink more. Mm. Um, and, and the sound you got uh, makes you drive faster. And um, and I think I mentioned this uh, like on the page or anything like that. I, I realistically think it was my first rock boner, and I was like nine years old, which mm. is pretty impressive. You know what I mean? Like uh, eh, whatever. But that's that when I first heard Panama. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. was kind of like, it was one of those bands that was there and it took years later for me to get into really hard rock in general, but there was something I was like, I like this song. There's something about these elements mm-hmm. that will come back later and make me do a podcast in my 40s. I don't know. Th- did that come out before uh, Hot for Teachers as a, as a single? I don't know what order, but that was the one that was played on the radio. One of it those, well, the, they were both played on the radio a ton. Um, I, I mean, I, I know, I'm saying that that's probably the the one that was played more than the two, at least on a radio station that I would hmm. listen to. Um, and and there's an example, too. Like, you can hear, I think I've heard Hot for Teacher, which is not a soft rock song with a double bass and every, or whatever, however the drums are done, at, like, Applebee's or California Pizza Kitchen. Yeah. Like, in the background. Well, if, which is a lot of hear. that stuff has changed, but... Uh, no, no, I'm talking about now, like last year. It's like, why is this song on here? I'm talking about that, yeah. I'm saying, like, in the last 15 years, shit you would never hear in a restaurant you're hearing now. No, I that's mean, fair. when did the first Kids Bop come out? They they do basically inappropriate songs for children to sing, singing them. Sure. Um, no, I get what you're saying. But, I mean, uh, like, what, what do you hear in the background where you're getting hammered on uh, um, uh, those... Uh, what margaritas at Applebee's? You know, I don't recall there being a lot of music in Applebee's. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. But the reason I was asking either one of those because I, you know, I knew who Van Halen was obviously, and Jump was a huge hit, and my stepbrother uh, bought that record, but I never really, him and I didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things, and music was one of them. So with the fact that he liked Van Halen probably stunted my my enjoyment of them. <laughs> Uh, right. But it was either Panama or Hot for Teacher. When it, whichever one of those came out first, I was like, okay, this this is a, this I get into it. I'd probably prefer Panama, but they're they're both pretty unique tunes, and um, that that's still one of my favorite Van Halen records. I, I didn't, you know, it's kind of like a, a lot of things I'm finding out doing this podcast that there are people who actually don't like that album. You know, and I'm like, uh, I just that's, don't get it. I, yeah, it, it's very odd because it's it's not like it's a it's. Besides, um, I'll wait and jump in the intro. There's, is there any keyboards anywhere else besides those three songs? Um, well, you, oh, so you think it's a keyboard thing and not a? Uh, um, I mean, how else? How are you going to hate house? I mean, I remember hearing House for Pain. Like this sounds, Jesus, this sounds evil. And that is just a badass riff. And that thing sat around for like since their their early demos. I'm like, how did you not put this song on earlier? Uh, the uh, the the thing that those haters will always bring up is the worst track too is the best song Top Jimmy. Just like, it's okay. Eh. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But um, Drop Dead Legs is, mm-hmm. is another boner material and stuff like that. Yeah, there's and a great I, part in that. You know, I think we covered it in an episode a while back. But uh, and there's there's an example too with um, All Wait is that guitar solo from. I mean. <laughs> Hey, the guitar solo from Eddie is really good, but it's it's like one of those things that elevates the song and fits perfectly without just here we got to throw this hard rock guitar solo in here on top of this to make sure that the guy, the the kids don't think we're wimping out with these keyboards. Yeah. I, anyway, 
Um, yeah, it, it, even that, look at that, I, I think it kind of showcases Eddie was really more about the music than, than necessarily one thing or the, all this kind of stuff. It just seemed like he was just driven to create, because apparently Jumpy had had a while, too, but he just didn't want to bring it to the band, or when he did... I've heard different stories from him, you know, uh, that they would like, no, no, what else you got? We got to get guitars in it. So the the legend is that when the time came to to bring music to the table, he said, "This is all I have," and it was Jump, and that forced them to to work on it. So I don't know how true that is, but it's a nice story anyway. But yeah. the you know he would go on to incorporate keyboards a lot from that point on, and maybe that's why some of these uh, Roth loyalists get so butthurt about Sammy, but. You know, and you gotta admit though, if 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 you look at David LaRoth, especially during this time, he's about as cool looking as you get. And Sammy, not always. Uh, Sammy wore, you know, like basically pajama <laughs> pants. <laughs> Had had his hair cut to a bob, a shoulder length bob, you know, and oh my god, I was like when I first saw that guy, and uh, whatever that that con- without a net, and they would just clip mm-hmm. bits of it and put it on MTV or whatever. I'm like, what is this guy wearing? It was like a yellow <laughs> suit or something like that. He looks I was like, comfortable. This is the guy, huh? <laughs> he looks comfortable. Well, he definitely looks comfortable. Yeah, I mean, you can. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have bloat that day. Um, but but the point is is that the, the, they did that silly fifty one fifty or what is it the best of both worlds dance too? Oh like, right, what yeah. is going on with my this band? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, he definitely looked. That was the whole thing. Like I was I was a huge Roth fan too. Obviously, you know, with a just a gigolo and all that stuff. Kind of just I was like, this is the coolest guy and the coolest band in the world when I was you know that age. It, um, so. You mentioned the well, the the, the fifty one fifty. They kind of that was the name of his recording studio too. Uh, yep. So yep. you know, kind of a la Prince, uh, he had the same kind of drive to like I have to be able to go do this when you know once I once he had the means to basically build his own studio, he did because he's like I want to just be able to walk out my front door and go do what I do and have it there the whole time. Have you ever seen any pictures or video of fifty one fifty? Because I was asking, I was I was getting ready no. for this. I was thinking, um, I wonder if they're going to do kind of what they did with Paisley Park, kind of turn uh, a tourist thing. Um, they would have to clean it up quite a bit. It's a fucking shithole. Uh, he is not. Uh, did you ever get that um, that greatest tit CD with the two new Dave songs on it? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever see that inside picture? I don't recall. Oh, it. there's just like it's like basically <laughs> the 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 uh, the cable board where basically you plug in all the mics that go into the wall, and that right. on the other side is the console. It's just a mess of it's like there's no rhyme or reason, and I could just you know, you imagine like Eddie down there kind of pulling one out, sticking one in, taking it, you know, like moving them around all over with a cigarette in his mouth, and um, yeah. but it's, no, it sounded sounded like a. Uh, a mess from reading red kind of described it as that uh, <laughs> and Sammy that kind of described it, but like, uh, and that's the thing too, is that besides just his amazing guitar playing is, is Eddie was always known as very easy to work with. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, uh, I, I didn't hear a lot of horror stories. He, he jammed with a lot of people, uh, Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit, but, uh, I don't know. Did you hear that story recently? Yeah, you, you you touched on that one episode. Yeah, okay. Where he, <laughs> Eddie showed up with a gun. Yeah, he's like, I couldn't tell if he was perturbed because he was like newly sober and they were drinking, or if he's like, I thought we were gonna fucking jam, not fucking have a kegger. Um, right. But yeah, they, so back to fifty one fifty though. They have a, it's like a, I don't know, it, maybe ten feet high. It's just a wall filled with the uh, recording tape, and he said that they had a Radio Shack computer 
that they had like some, this is like in the late 80s. Uh, sure. that they had uh, like a file that explained what was on each tape and it crapped out and they weren't able to resave it. So now mm. there's basically, and now I think they, Wolfie has taken on the task of going through it over the years, but uh, yeah, you, you basically have to go through and listen to each one to find out what the fuck's on them. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're going to, Make sure you're backing up all your information. It's going to be on a Radio Shack computer. It's right. easy to save as, save as a bet. Um, well, I, I did, like that I part hear, of the story, yeah. though. That That's the way Eddie approached things. It's not so much like, like well, he would destroy, like, he built his first guitar. I think I shared this with you uh, when, a couple days ago, but, like, like so that, that Frankenstrat, the one that, the, the most famous one of his, that, you know, he sure. basically got pieces at a local, whatever, uh, I, I don't know if it was uh, Jackson or Kramer, one of those places. Uh, maybe it was even the Fender place. I don't know. I, I'm sorry I'm misquoting, but it, the manufacturing company was throwing away the the body because it had a defect in it, so he, he got that for cheap and he bought a neck. But then he like just took a chisel because he couldn't fit the pickup he wanted in it. He, he wanted a humbucker pickup, not the single coils like Fenders have. He just fucking chisels it out. And and then if you look at it, like that thing is basically just like wood screwed into the damn body. Uh, the pickups itself, like he thought they were kind of uh, rumbling too much, so he dipped them in wax to kind of hold it in place. But the first couple times he did that, he ruined the pickups, so he had to get more pickups until he got the technique of just dipping the fucking pickup in wax right. And he would just continue to, like, there's one video of him where he's, they're like, everybody wants to know what this uh, uh, button up here does, and I tell him it's a secret, but the truth is, it doesn't do anything. It's just, it was there, and I, I took the wires out. Uh, it, it, to him, it was more like just a, like, oh, I need this to do, I'm just going to cut this off because it's in the way of this pinky when I do this one thing. And I took my first guitar apart, and of course, and I painted it. Uh, and then I put it back together and it didn't work and I fucking started crying. Uh, because I just got to jump in here. Yeah. I got to jump in here and I, I haven't understood a single thing you've said the last two minutes <laughs> since I'm not a guitar player. So just so you know, it's like you're speaking a foreign language. I just, I, you're like, right now it's, it's almost like I'm watching, uh, you know, like a, uh, a Kung Fu movie. And your your lips are moving, but I'm not understanding a thing you're saying. There's no there's no overdub here. All right, well, keep yeah. going, please. No, keep going for the other for the for the guitar players. But I'm just letting you know, I am I am I am confused as hell. All right, fair enough. But um, my guitar and amp combination it was a three watt amp and a a, oh a, a flying V uh, guitar, some knockoff, played like shit. Um, but it was all I had, and it was it, I got it for fifty dollars, and in Owatonna. In 1985, there are not a lot of $50 guitar options. You know what I mean? So not only did I not have 50 bucks, but it wasn't like even if I did, like I'd be able to find another guitar for $50. So I'm sitting there crying. I take this mangled mess to my dad. And my dad, my guitar doesn't work. And I don't know. God bless him. He figured it out. He got it all wired up for me, and I was back. It was noisy as wow. shit, shit from that point on. But uh, uh, yeah, until- that's not what I would have. That's not what move I would have done as a dad. I would have gone, let, let me fix it here. I'll put this trash can, and we're moving on, son. Get a new hobby. 
And if you had heard me play around that time, you probably would have done that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, so the idea, like that, is so hard for me to relate to because he was not like some spoiled rich kid. Just I, I couldn't wrap my head around that because he was not like from a wealthy family. These things cost money, and they're they they've gotten cheaper uh, historically over the years. But back then, availability and cost were pretty prohibitive. The idea that he's just like, well, now I don't have a guitar for two weeks. You know, it's just like didn't seem to really phase his his drive to get in and, and learn more. But you know. That was a big part of who he was and how he crafted just not, you know, his playing style, his sound. He he, he took credit for tablature being written. Now, do you, do you know what tablature is? Of course. Yeah. Well, you didn't know what a guitar pickup was. So I don't know. Well, I, 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 I do. I did. I, I uh, you know, I, I uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the, on the bass? Mm, from oh, the, from gotcha. The, um, I don't know that it was him specifically, but there, there's just a lot of things in the guitar that you can't, there's really no sheet music note for a bend or a hammer on or a pull off or something like that, or, sure. or, or even a, a proper trill. So you'd have to, you know, I don't know. I think that was coming regardless. You know, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, but he says it was done because nobody could write music for the stuff he was playing. I'm like, well, that's true for a lot of people prior to that. I mean, that would be true of shit Jimi Hendrix did. So, or, right. Yeah, right. So. Understood. Yeah, it was good. And definitely a lot of his technique was because he was classically trained. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was some classical training. Are you not aware? Well, I, I know that, that uh, from his dad and his, mm-hmm. his weren't were both of his parents just like that was their living or no? Yeah, well, I can't remember the backstory in his father. His dad definitely did something uh, that, that made money musically. It was to, he had a job as well, but he you know would make extra money on the weekends as a musician, but... They moved yeah. to America, loose with a piano and fifty bucks, and landed mm-hmm. in Pasadena somehow. Um, I gotta tell you, that's not the easiest thing to move. If you're gonna take one thing, yeah, was, yeah. It, was, a grand, was it grand grand piano too? It's like, yeah, we have no, no I'm luggage, sure it was one but of those we have a fucking stand up ones, you know. That... <laughs> I think that they could have just sold that and bought a new one. That's that doesn't sound like a good plan. Have you ever moved one of those, by the way? I no, and I no, I have. <laughs> Okay, that's, it's not easy. No. That's my point. I'll never do it again. It's dead. Okay, well, it's good to know. I, anyway, I think that was very bad planning. <laughs> they could have scooped one up from a pawn shop when they were. Uh, uh, you know, there is um, there's an interview from like 2017 I shared where he's doing kind of like a Q and A, and it's it's really cool. It's a lot of old stories, kind of rehashed, but it's him later in life. He doesn't like you said. You mentioned it that he doesn't do a lot of press. Um, and he gets into a lot of really cool, cool, like nuggets about his history, talking about him, you know, how he was originally the drummer and Alex was the guitar player, right. um, that, that kind of stuff. And he gets into like his dad's background and, uh, I don't know, it, it's, uh, it's definitely out there. Um, uh, like a, I can probably, we can probably share a link somewhere on the Facebook page if you want to check it out. Uh, I, I believe I already did, but if not, I'll, I'll put it up there, but yeah, it's, it's about, I don't know, 40 minutes of Eddie talking and, and it's, it's kind of a cool little little setup now it's it's all softball questions and you know but you know at this it was what it was you know it was just kind of neat yeah there's that and there's this very odd and i can't remember i don't know if it was in 2015 or it was the first time they did a reunion when when uh roth was interviewing eddie and alex and yeah, uh, he was doing it like an like it, it was he do he was doing it like an interviewer that's never met them before mm-hmm. and they both they both look kind of annoyed like i don't know who 
commissioned or if it was the label, label that wanted them to do this, but it was just very odd and uncomfortable. It just kind of highlighted the relationship they've always had. Yeah. Kind of this, you know what I mean? It was just... It is weird. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think... Um... I don't think they, they, they suddenly found love for each other uh, on the reunion, but I think they just found a way to work together. But uh, right. that, that said, uh, I, I think it's odd because when it came to like certain things, Eddie could just come off as so fucking petty um, right. with like, uh, I remember like on the, the, the last tour they did with, with uh, Sammy, you know, him being complaining uh, that Sammy's out there trying to sell hot sauce or or no Michael was selling hot sauce and Sammy's selling tequila and you know they're using Van Halen to do it and I'm like well they're kind of their own name at this point they they didn't like join Van Halen as a nobody and then saying by the way I also have this hot sauce you right. know these these products were out there and I don't know it just seemed like that was a really dumb reason to like get rid of those guys you know um and even with I, can I, I just want to jump in about the hot sauce thing what was the deal where for like the last decade or 15 years when every single rock guy is like, you know what? I'm going to get into the hot I'm going to get into the hot sauce business. Do you know how many bottles of hot sauce you have to sell to actually make a decent amount of money? And it's they were usually almost exclusively available like online. They're not in any stores or they sell them at their gigs and stuff like that. I, I just found it amusing. They're like, yeah, man. We can really kill it with this hot sauce. There's they're this uh, store like, in the Mall of America that only sells hot sauce, and they're always available there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you mean uh, the, the, their brand? Yeah, I, oh, I've yeah. I've gotten that's a, a common Christmas gift that Baco gets. Is, All right, fine. Maybe there's a no, huge. No, your, your point is valid. I'm making a joke. Yeah. You know, yeah. All all you have to do, Luce, is fucking head down to Southwest Airlines, buy oh, a ticket, okay. fly into Got, the Mall gotcha. of America. Okay. It's on the th- uh, and, second level by the rotunda. Understood. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think there's any. I think part of it, too, is that there's no shelf life for hot sauce. I think most of these are probably just licensing deals. I, I get it. Yeah, it's but just silly. Well, they're just getting money flat out, and the company making the sauce is probably just doing it. But, yeah, I... It, it was weird how many there were because, like I said, it's a it's a good gift item for someone who has no idea what to get me. The, here's Zach Wild's hot sauce. Yeah, and here's yeah, the weird hot. thing is that there really isn't. I don't know. It's kind of like you beer snobs who think, oh man, there's there's really only four flavors of beer if you think about it. Uh, there really isn't a lot you can do. It's either hotter than the one or not as hot. It's like <laughs> that's right. It is, it is true. I have not yeah. had a hot sauce that was like, eh. You know, one that that isn't really a sauce though is that uh, God, we're getting too much into hot sauce here. Now, what's no, the, no, what, this is the one with this the is what people are here for. What's the one with the hen on it? It's it's a fucking popular one. I'm just. Uh, cock sauce. Crap. That's, that's the that's the uh, oh that's not sriracha. Bro. Sriracha. Now that has a, a very unique flavor compared to yeah. like you know. I don't consider your no, That's not hot sauce. Yeah, okay. That's a different category. All right. Yeah. You I just think so. It's almost like ketchup. It's like hot ketchup. You know. Yes, that's right. Again, it's called cock sauce. Cock sauce. That's the yes. nickname for it. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that is kind of weird. How like because even Stephen Piercy had it. I think. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's that. Now it's coffee. It's going to be tea, and uh, I don't know. Um, Adult diapers at some point they'll market. I mean, if you think about it, if you bought a whole band's discography, all you're left for buying stuff is tickets and hot sauce. You got to keep purchasing. Yeah, I guess, man. That's a, you think they've sold more hot sauce since uh, the lockdown? Like, oh, well, I can't guy tickets. I'm going to go get some fucking Mad Anthony hot sauce. <laughs> 
what else can I spend my money on? <laughs> I mean, like uh, Sammy Hager, like he he does that cobble wobble tequila, and that seemed kind of like a natural organic thing that he got into. Great tequila, by the way. But then he sells it, makes a shit ton of money. And yep. then he, he comes out with, like, the Gene Simmons version of alcohol. Sammy Hagar martini rum. Garbage, that one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not a rum drinker, so. Or it's rum, anyway. right? Pretty sure. It doesn't Either have, like, an 18-word name, too. Like, Sammy Hagar relaxing on the beach with toes in his sand. Bum <laughs> rum. <laughs> Sammy Hagar is drinking uh, his hand, got his toes in the sand. And all he needs is some bum, bum, bum rum. No, I think I think it's, it accompanied that terrible... Um, I think it actually did come out on that one time when he tried to be Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. Do you remember that album? Like uh, oh. like five or six years ago? No, it came out at the same time. It was okay. like a, a combo deal. Oh, so, what was that? Living on a... I don't know. It I did sucks. a review for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a review for it on Decibel Geek. It was like, I didn't even get to three or four good songs in that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the back to Eddie. Eddie. Uh, you realize uh, Ian Wadley kills a, a, a child every time we talk about Sammy Hagar. <laughs> It is, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, it's, it's worth it. I think. <laughs> you know, we have to respect. We have to respect the Hagar. Uh, you know, there's one story I, w- I want to share that I think kind of epitomizes Eddie as as not just a person but as a musician. I've shared it on the, the show before, but I wanted to go back to it. Uh, it's it's easily my favorite uh, story that I've ever heard, and it comes from uh, Hartley Peavy, who was the uh, the founder founder of PV Amps. Basically, Eddie wanted the, the the cabinets for Ulus. That's the wood box with the speakers in it that the guitar sound comes out of. Yeah, it's where I put my hot sauce in the okay, kitchen. Exactly. Uh, he wanted it to be made out of Baltic birch, which they agreed to, but apparently this mm. is an expensive wood. And so they send Eddie the, the prototype, right? And the first thing Eddie does is rip the whole thing apart. And he finds inside this Baltic birch cabinet is like these little like uh, uh, pieces of plywood that are, uh, are uh, particle board that are basically just used as like uh, like joists, you know, like they're basically just kind of to add some support in there, you know. Um, and he calls him up and he's like, what the hell is this? I thought we agreed. And he's like, well, these are just these little pieces meant to stabilize the cabinet that... He's like, it's going to affect the sound. And and he's like, well, the, the cost reasons, we would save X amount of dollars if we just use these little pieces in there like that. And he's like, nope, it has to be this. He's like, I'll tell you what, Eddie, I'll make 16 cabinets. I'm going to do one the way you want it, and the other 15 are going to be th- what you got there. If you can tell me which one it is, then we'll do what you do. So he sets it all up and he flies out flies in to, to do it and he plugs in he fucking this is his words I should actually say the cabinets are built Eddie comes back to the factory plugs in and lets just one blistering high sustained note rip and vibrate until it dies out then he unplugs and goes to the next one all the way down the line until he gets to the one and lets that note rip and goes that one and, it, <laughs> and of course he's right or there wouldn't be a story and the fact yeah. that you know that's coming from the manufacturer of the amp and not Eddie telling this story himself. Right. Adds some believability to some of the bullshit that's come out of his mouth, man. Yeah, no. I I hear you. Um that's a cool story that they um that's a pretty fine ear. Damn straight. He's got two good ones. Yeah. <laughs> also, <clears throat> but you know, this is not the man dies and trashing Eddie Van Halen. Uh, episode, but to go over, you know, to be fair, to hit everything, um, 
You know, I, I, like you said, for petty and things like that, I forget oh, exactly. On that note, real quick. I, I, yeah, go ahead. The, because on the opposite end of petty, he could also be one of the most generous people out there. Uh, there's tons of stories, like, you know, where basically they took Allison Chains out on their first tour, and uh, he, he struck up a relationship with uh, Jerry. Uh, Jerry Cantrell from Allison Chains. After the tour, Jerry comes home and his garage is filled with brand new Eddie Van Halen gear. You know, thousands of dollars of guitars and amps and stuff. Uh, uh, he's, you know, played with so many people. I mean, he, you know, he, when Valerie Bertinelli was in Saturday Night Live, he just sat in with the band. You know, and it was just, he would just kind of do these kind of cool things like that. He, he, um, that, that yellow and black bumblebee guitar. Uh, you know the yellow and black stripe one. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think it's on the first mm-hmm. co- album cover. Uh, that was buried with Dimebag. The fact that he just brings that down there and says, "Put it in the coffin," you know. Oh, that's cool. I did not know that. He just Instead had this like very open, like he embraced all music and 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 wanted everything in there, and so. Yeah, I, I know that. <clears throat> I believe that was one of two. Kiss caskets sold too. <laughs> you think they sold? You think Gene sent a bill? <laughs> that would be, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> they get an invoice. Thirty day net. Vinnie Paul's got an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> like I ain't paying it anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, and then there's another end of it was the uh, the fact that in that interview, I think it was in Rolling Stone, like maybe five years ago. I don't remember exactly, but it had to do with the fact that he claims that Michael Anthony could never play um, yeah. in the band. Like, he had to teach him all this stuff. And I'm like, that makes zero sense. I don't know where you would have that that perspective. And obviously, in Chickenfoot, he seems to be able to play pretty decent live and stuff like that. I'm it like, comes off like when Paul talks about Peter not knowing a, what a yeah. chorus is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And what do they do? They bought him out of, of everything. They, like, give him one lump sum and said, we're out. You're out for the songwriting and stuff like that. Yeah. Something like Something that. Something along but, those lines, uh, yeah. So definitely had some disagreements within, within the band, um, but maybe that's what made him so great was that tension. It, and it is weird the falling out with Michael seemed to come out of nowhere too. And it just right. it, it all it all seems to be tied into like when Van Halen all of a sudden didn't do anything after Van Halen three. Four years later, Michael's hanging out with Sammy and he's got a fucking issue with it. Yeah, I mean, it, like you've said, like how can you hate a guy named Sammy? How can you also <laughs> hate a guy hate a guy that's rocked a mullet since nineteen seventy eight? It's amazing. He had the mullet before the mullet. You know, I I, I think uh, Michael Anthony is is a capable bass player, but I do think uh, uh, he is. Doesn't he look more like a guy who who would be like joining a softball league just because there's uh, the bar that sponsors you gives you three free pitchers after every game? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I saw him change. Uh, the, I thought I saw his uh, his twin uh, change my oil last week. You know, he he just has that that look, yeah. like this this everyman look. Um, but but I, you know, but I think you said it right too. Is his simplicity of bass playing was perfect for mm, that right. for that for the band though, right? Because you don't want a bunch of uh, uh, who's who's the guy from Billy from, Sheehan. Uh, thank you. You don't want Billy Sheehan all over the place. Well, well, Eddie's trying to do it too. Well, he turned down the offer three times. Don't forget. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know he he also he has a long list of turning down offers. Basically, uh, his LinkedIn must be very busy getting job offers all the time. <laughs> it's LinkedIn, Billy Sheen's LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I right now, um, that thing I just said never happened. 
also. <laughs> okay. The Billy uh, Sheen. Thanks. That's what we call yeah. getting sheened. <laughs> oh, that's right. You don't want you don't want any false claims. Plus, you know that Stephen Michael's head just exploded with that non-fact. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the, you know, what about his brother Alex? You know, I wonder if this is going to get him to to step out a little bit. I mean, he's not that young either, so I don't know how much drive he would even have to do something musically. But the fact is, he never really stepped away from Eddie. You know what I mean? They they were you know inseparable. You know, even Sammy talked about it in his book. Like those two, you know, they didn't come to a they didn't walk into a room with a beer. They walked into a room with a beer for them and their brother. You know, like right. And that was it was it was definitely like like it's 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 Alex and it's me. I mean, he even had a son just to replace Michael Anthony. Yeah, and I've you always kind of had like a weird thing about family Very members so. yes, being in a band together. I've never really dug it. it the, the only thing worse is like a couple, like Pat Benatar and her husband. You know what I mean? I Oof. just, I just, it just. It, it, to me, it's like you, you're almost sheltering yourself. Like you know, it's just, but hard to hard to argue with the results of some of these combinations. You know, no, I get you. It's it's kind of like Paul McCartney and that that one broad he married. Yeah, Linda, band. Linda, and uh, and then uh, Bruce Springsteen and the other uh, the other chick, Patty. You know, it was, there you go. So thank you for the for the information. <laughs> but uh, that wasn't. Uh, I'm struggling at to all. remember both their last names though. Yeah, oh yeah, something Springsteen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I, I think, but I remember saying like, now it's really Van Halen. You know, now it's all three of us together. I'm like, ah, that's just so odd. Yeah. But um, you know what? Whatever. I I have to admit, Wolfie was. By the way, that's where I found out was that I we follow him on our Cobras and Fire Twitter page, uh, oh. and that just showed up on the feed, and I was like, holy cow! Well, if he's saying it, you know, the, there isn't a whole lot it's of legit fact, fact checking you need to do. No. And you know. I I lost my father. My my dad wasn't too much older than Eddie was at that time. Um, you know, it, 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 you want to, you know, the father-son relationship can always kind of get me choked up in movies and shit like that. I had a really strong relationship with my dad and, and, you know, there were, there's some personal shit that he went through that, that isn't the most uh, glamorous towards the end of his life. But, um, I just, I, I, I have to admit that part of me like really, just thought of him as a son who lost a father, you know, and because uh, I don't know him, and I don't have any beef. I don't really know anything about other than his time in Van Halen. But uh, and who is Wolfgang? Is that Amadeus? Yes. Okay, so he was named after him. Yeah, because what? What I've heard Eddie called. Uh, he's been called the hard rock Mozart. Uh, uh, Eddie. Oh, has he? Then maybe it is Wolfgang Mark. I don't know. Which I think move it's on from this. That relationship is, is, you know, I don't know. It's different for everybody, but to me, fathers and sons is something that it'll always get me a little choked up. So, you know, I, I, my thoughts do kind of go out to Wolfie a little bit. Yeah, and, and you talk about, like, forming a bond with your son. I mean, he, um, you know, it's kind of like bringing him into the family business or whatever, you want, however perspective you want, want to have. But then you're on the road with your son. You're playing on stage with your son. I mean, I had to – from – from his perspective, that mm-hmm. had to really even make it stronger, you know what I mean, that part of his life for the last uh, chunk of time. So I, I get it. I, I, I just uh, thought about something while you were talking there. You know, look at Prince um, and, and, and compare the two universes. You know, Prince was very detailed, organized, you know, unique, and then in death, utter chaos. Like, we, you know, we don't really know. There, there's a lot of legal fights over who's going to, you know, oversee his estate and all that kind of stuff. It's the exact opposite here. Eddie's fucking creative entity was just a mess. It was all over the place. That's how he worked, you know. Right. Um, and yet, 
smooth transition. It's going to be Wolfie heading out the uh, basically anything that goes on the forward with the musical legacy. You know, at least you don't. I don't foresee any legal battle with like Valerie getting involved or his current wife. But that's true. That um, worked out nice on that that end. Like so it's like the opposites. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if we're going to get things kind of like uh, just to throw a ridiculous amount of past past. Uh, uh, how you say it? Posthumous? Posthumous. Posthumous. Laroth. Yes. So <laughs> you're going to get a ton ton of of things like like a Tupac, or I'm just trying to think of a, 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 a funny version of that, where it's like ten albums worth of stuff, or or or, or let's throw it back to Prince. Do you think we're going to get? Because I guess Eddie was just known of as throwing riffs together and, and and things like that, or not really complete songs. But do you think they're going to Frankenstein some stuff together that Wolf is going to do something like that? What is your prediction? Is I, I think mean? right now um, that's going to be when Kanye comes back to music. He's just going to take all these old Eddie like uh, <laughs> songs and just poorly rap over them. Oh, that, that's pretty, pretty or good. Or maybe then, Tupac and Eddie. I mean, there's got to be, have they squeezed out everything Tupac recorded onto tape? Uh, who knows? That's my point. It's like, uh, I think the Kanye West is gonna, album is going to be called Pre- Praise Jesus, uh, music by Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> and it's going to be a porno. You know, I, oh, yeah, it's, oh, let's talk about that real quick. I couldn't find the name of the porno uh, that Eddie did a soundtrack for. Yeah, some friend of his made a porno, and this was like, what, late 90s, mid-2000s, something like that? I, <clears throat> I, think, it, I think it was the 90s. I think I remember hearing about it actually when I was in <laughs> college or something like that. In some article, I'm like, what? It was like in, in some random magazine, and it said that. And like, he, he, it was three songs, like three instrumentals. Can you imagine like watching a, uh, some money shot, and then Eddie's just like soloing on top? <laughs> I want to know, like, did he watch the movie for musical inspiration? This is what I'm hearing when I'm watching the. Yeah, <laughs> and all like, it is is like him kind of making grunt sounds with the guitar. <laughs> exactly. I mean, how could not one of those compositions? I mean, it's it's sad that he already used the uh, the title "Eruption." Oh, uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe that was uh, inspired by something like that. Or he did it "Eruption" too, kind of like "Fractured Mirror." Whole series. Well, yeah. Should, should we close out maybe with some comments that that some of the people had had uh, regarding? Yeah, yeah. I think we should transition from porn to comments. All right. Um, let's see how good I can do here. Well, Dave David LaRoth, he uh, his his he just he just went out. And he tweeted uh, two different pictures of him and Eddie, and it just said, "What a what a long great trip it's been." Wolfie tweeted out the news and just kind of had like a breakdown and said, "Thank you. You were the best dad ever." Um, his ex wife Valerie Bertinelli. I, I thought this was a little weird. She says, I'm so grateful Wolfie and I were able to hold you in your last moments. I'll see you in my next life, my love. Uh, only because, like, was he was, he was married again. I don't know how. Look, I, I probably shouldn't read too much into that, I guess, is a better way to put that. There's a lot of emoticons, too. Yeah. And uh, Alex uh, sent a message to the Van Halen news desk because that's how he gets word out. Um, but uh, that just basically said, I'll see you on the other side. Uh, oh, and Trump said, uh, "Crazy Nancy wants to have Van Halen removed from iTunes, but I will never let that happen." <laughs> okay, she's a disturbed woman, Mr. Pelosi. Yeah, she is. 
I can't believe that's her crusade. I'm not now. sure who I'm making fun of there, her or him. But uh... <laughs> I th- well, you were you were uh, fair and balanced. Yeah. See, like my show always is. Gene had a really heartfelt video that he shared. It's about 30 seconds that he put out on Twitter, um, and he was a little choked up. So, but he uh, he basically just said Eddie was a kind spirit and uh, musical genius, and he managed to compliment somebody without mes- mentioning himself. So, uh, and then he discovered Van Halen. <laughs> right. Yeah. You go. To, I saw somebody post in the Kiss room that I'm like, Jesus, we got to thank Gene. Because uh, he, without him, we wouldn't hear <laughs> And I'm like, this is like the next I, day, too. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? You, are you fucking kidding me, right? It's like, right. right now is the time to fucking go. Don't forget, Gene Simmons is a marketing genius. Yeah. I, I still remember that story. I think maybe you shared it or, or, or whatnot. Uh, you probably posted it and I reposted it and then didn't didn't claim that you <laughs> gave the information to me. As you want but it to had do. to do with... Yeah, it had to do with uh, Nick uh, Simmons meeting Eddie at a party, and he said something like, "Please tell your dad to keep to stop telling people he discovered us." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, we've heard Paul Stanley kind of share his version of that story, which is a little opening. I have never heard a single member of Van Halen. Or Never. anybody relate to them go, yeah, if Gene Simmons got us our big break. There's clear acknowledgement that he helped them record some demos, but they've never been, like, the only person that uses the word discovered is Gene. Well, yeah. n- not just that, but He's also the Edison the, the... to fucking Tesla. <laughs> what, about the, what about the fact that uh, 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 the more absurd story about that Eddie was going to join Kiss in the early <laughs> 80s? I believe that one to a certain extent. Um, I, I think it was more an off-the-cuff remark of Eddie being frustrated with something that was happening in the band than it was like, Yo, Gene, you think I could join Kiss? Boy, that show would be, that'd be tops. I, I could just see that comment, if it was an offhand comment, that Gene just has a contract ready to go out of his pocket. <laughs> he's just got it kind of rolling down like this. Yeah, and then Eddie took one look and was like, I'm not signing that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like that, that's a shittier deal than Vinnie Vincent's. <laughs> That's what you often, Vinny. Jesus, fuck. Yeah, but um, oh my God, can you imagine if he did join? He'd probably be doing um, those Vinny Vincent meet and greets, whatever those are. At this point, it would have destroyed his life. Yeah. I, I, anyway, I, I do want to credit Eddie because I'm pretty sure I started smoking because of him. Uh, oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> he made. I never made a. I, I guess I never did anything look as cool as Eddie. I guess when it came to playing guitar, but. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. No. I, I. I. On a personal note, I will say that I. I, I mentioned this to uh, um, someone I was speaking yeah. to recently. That. Uh, no. Can you? Can you put that on pause for a second? Uh, for me, it was uh, Joe Camel. <laughs> and a little bit of Spuds McKenzie. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. all that nice, no, that nice mark. I'm, I'm a heavy drinker. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's right. It wasn't cigarettes. I'm getting my uh, my mascots uh, confused on uh, on child marketing for for alcohol and cigarettes. What a great thing that was during the '80s, huh? Oh, I know. I miss it. Got to bring that shit back. Yeah. Kids are but living. Continue, too long. please. That's right. Uh, on a personal note, I was sharing this story with somebody uh, earlier this week. You know, shortly after the news broke, it just kind of dawned to me that like I, I never really had any delusions that like. You know, if I practice hard, I can be as good as Eddie. You know, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not ever going to be as good as Ace Freely. You know, so, uh, but he, he was still like an inspiration for me in so many ways, in, in just the way he handled himself, the way he approached things, how he was a fucking slob. Those things are key elements in my life. But 
<laughs> you keep your studio the same way. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I, yeah, but, I, I yeah. built my own recording studio, much like him and Prince. So the three of us are kind of kin- kindred spirits. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, uh, no, I, it, it was, it was a bit of a, you know, every time somebody, you know, passes, you, you kind of think of these things and, and what they meant to you. This was a big one for me. You know, I'm not sure. I hate ranking people. Like, you know, if Gene or Paul were to pass, that would what that would mean oh, to me and stuff. But I love ranking people. Uh, <laughs> actually, I typically I do too. But you know, th- we're talking about death here. Uh, I, like, I would yeah. never take part in that Deadpool you like to talk about. I would just, I feel like oh, that's sure. bad karma. Uh, like, I have no as of you know uh, January first. I, I I log them, you know, and, and then just <laughs> cheer every time somebody that I, I, I get another one right. Oh man. But. Uh, anyway, that's a little dark, and, and I don't do the Deadpool. But but I'll keep that for my character, my fake character that I do on the show, Craig. I know a lot of radio station morning shows do them. They do Deadpools at the beginning of the year. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't that's, think it's, it's that a, funny, it's I guess, is all I'm getting at. I, it was a good sure. idea for a movie. Rob, well, the, the worst Dirty Harry movie. Hmm. Oh, they're all bad, so. Yeah, you're right about that. I've, I don't know that I've sat through a whole Dirty Harry movie. I remember what it was kind of like the thing when you can start watching rated R movies or like undercover on HBO or whatever. Mm. And I watch it and be like, boring. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Blow some shit up, man. See, he didn't walks around with a gun. About, I need a flamethrower. I started to keep talking on you. We have the video now. I shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> just, just, I can, I can see when you're not going to stop. Okay. We're, we're both, but, uh, we're both anxious to get in there. You know what I mean? We didn't really talk a lot about the music, which is really what what the what Eddie brought to the world, uh, a different way approach. And so, a couple things. One, he changed basically because of him the whole '80s scene as far as guitar players happened. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. And it, him and probably Randy Rhodes <laughs> were the two kind of catalysts to 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 change the approach to the guitar. And, and well, both like David Lee Roth and Eddie. Yeah, well, yeah. Elements. David David basically was the the poster child Template for, too. and he invented it. Both of those guys. Yep. Um, right. So that that it's itself is is just amazing, and never were copied as good. I mean, neither one were, were, nope. were could even be touched as far as what they brought to the the table. But but Eddie, um, he changed. You know, I mean, I think he owns three guitar patents. He 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 patented something and then gave it away so it could just be used by anybody. He basically like licensed it free or something like that. Uh, huh. uh, an add on piece to the the Floyd Rose, um, and just that that kind of like being willing to to generously give that to to the the music community i guess is a way to put that but but some of his solos like because he he had a as much as he could play he knew how to fit the song he didn't seem to overplay uh right. anything if you look at a track like running with the devil that's a pretty mundane solo for eddie but it is perfect for that song oh yeah um, yeah but then um man that solo on hot for teacher When it fucking kicks into that second half, (laughs) 
Oh, I mean, I'm getting kind of excited just thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and just seeing that kind of like Eddie looking as cool as ever walking across the the library, the table in the library, fucking nailing that solo in the video. It's just uh, sure. Um, but, but what about you? Uh, oh, there's one other. Uh, this is a Roth thing, but on uh, bottoms up. Uh, there's a he hits a high note just once the song kicks in. Uh, I'll, I'll just drop it in here. He, I don't even know. It's like almost like a fucking cat screaming or something. It's high. He's not really known for being super rangy. It's like. Can I just say, when I was uh, uh, younger, I didn't know that was a, a term for drinking, so I actually thought it was uh, a sexual position. <laughs> you know, it's probably both. Uh, your favorite it might be. It might be. I know you're a fan of the single entendre. That might be a double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the single, though. You mentioned Van Halen being a summer band. Well, it was about 55, 56 degrees last evening. Yeah. Uh, but in, I decided I'm going to fire up Van Halen 2. I'm going to throw some brats on the grill. And I, I'm stood up there in shorts and a T-shirt. And I fucking grilled one last time probably for the year. So, nice. Uh, d- See? Cheers to you, Eddie. How about you? What do you got for some musical highlights? Um, I guess just a, one of the reasons I think that we didn't talk about the music that much is if you're listening to this, you know the whole catalog. Right. You're a big fa- <laughs> fan and, and, and things like that. So, but uh, just just little things in Van Halen in general and what Eddie brought to the table was a lot of the outros and the, the early albums I, I loved. Like they were, those were entire other songs that the bands could use. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things kind of like the end of Higher Than Hell, for example, mm. which just flips the script. Oh, so you're talking like kind of like kind of switch up deal there. Okay. Yeah. Switch up deals like that. Um, um, on the earlier ones, there's some ones that I can't place in my head right now. Fair warning. Um, and things like that. I just love that kind of stuff. It was like it was like these these tight. Um, I mean, in the earlier albums, was there any real song that went past four minutes? Really, you know what I mean? Like no. they were just like they just would hit hit it and quit it, and just give you enough and have. And there was so much there. Um, wouldn't you have the, enjoyed the, if if they would have taken that approach on a different kind of truth? Because there is that that album has a very old school Van Halen vibe. But then, yeah. like at a certain point, it's almost like there's too much. It's it just it it lost that kind of tight, quick aspect. Oh, I like. I'm not a fan of that album. I just I never have been. To me, that's their sonic boom. Where mm. it was, it just it just never hit for me. I know people love it. I just and I wanted to love it. I just never did. And I think that to your point, maybe some of that too. I don't know. I mean, it just it in general. Um, uh, we didn't talk about two. Maybe a little bit again. I'm not a guitarist, but kind of his rhythm playing too, where mm. he could play everything, where it wasn't you didn't need the two guitarists in a way that it was you know that the rhythms were were very interesting too. Right. No. And and they were musical. You know. They mean uh, if you listen to like a one of the more shredder kind of like a, a Saturano solo album or a Steve Vai, those kind of dudes. It's a very niche. Where I think Eddie. He could play what those guys played, and he could play like that. But but he seemed to be driven more towards something that is enjoyable for people to listen to. Yeah, a broad base, I should say. Not yep, you know exactly. Like I think my stepmom would listen to the, the Van Halen. She never listened to Wasp. That's why she. Liked it. <laughs> yeah, she's like she's like. Can I borrow your collection? It's either Wasp in the car today. <laughs> Or 1984. I'm 
1984 besides the Headless Children album. Yeah, yeah you, she, she would listen to those uh, lighter rock stations that would play Van Halen you talk about. And that, that's like, yeah. Yeah, you didn't hear Wham into Van Halen into Fuck Like a Beast. You know? <laughs> no, you didn't. They, 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 that never was the, uh, the, the triple shot. Uh, nice. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, man, let's wrap this up. All right. Uh, well, you know, God bless you. Rest in peace, King Eddie. That's right. Um, I would like to mention just a couple other guys. Mac Davis, I know you said you'd never heard of him, but uh, I always thought he was cool as fuck. Uh, we lost him recently. I, I'm not sure what the what the cause of death was. And uh, Decibel Geek contributor Adam Cox, uh, he, he died uh, this, this past week as well. I don't know many of the details, but I do know if there's a crowdfunder going on uh, for him. So you can go to the Decibel Geek Facebook page to find out more information. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he contributed to the Facebook page, to the website. And, um, you know, there are so many dedicated podcast listeners out there. Um, and he was definitely, um, you know, next level as far as his involvement and everything. For sure. As far as Eddie Van Halen, it, you, there weren't too many people that weren't touched by this one, especially in our world. So, and and much sure. like uh, when Lemmy died, you know, it it changed my entire Facebook feed for about two days. That was really all it was, you know, from me right. posting way too much to uh, friends. It was really the only thing I saw basically for a couple of days. Yeah. So and, and uh, I, it's nice I, to get pulled back into music once in a while, you know. Um, right. Also, exactly. did you happen to watch any of the Decibel Geek uh, live uh, tribute to that? Um, I was not able to, okay. but I saw it did go on. Hopefully, all those live feeds, um, hopefully they are putting them up. That is out now as an episode, so you can check it, it out. Uh, okay, now I'll, I watched, I'll check it out then. I watched it about the first hour, um, and it was, while I was doing that, I was also texting with you, uh, with you know other friends, Messaging people on Facebook, uh, commenting on people's posts—it was almost like a, a cathartic, almost wake for myself, you know, that kind of combination. So it was kind of cool those guys did that. You know, I, w- I was able to kind of uh, crawl down here into the the Bach Cave and uh, you know tip back a couple Coors Lights and watch a lot of Van Halen music videos for a few hours. So um, uh, I, I, I don't think Amy wanted to see me like that. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I, I I tell you, that's exactly how Eddie would have liked to see you. Yeah. Is uh, the, the cores cores light in hand and uh, and posting and, and posting uh, every two minutes yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Fuck you, Luz. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, yes. I, I always am. Uh, yeah, you come off very genuine, uh, unlike me. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, you, now you make you, you always have a way to do that and make me feel bad for you. Oh, thank you. I try. All right. Well, uh, this has been, I think, all that uh, Eddie can take from us. I think so, too. So uh, rest in peace, Eddie. You know, there's always a certain amount of friction in a band. If you have four members and they all like the identical thing, you're going to have no uh, versatility. You know what I mean? It's like uh, I I listened to more progressive music when, when I did. Uh, Alex liked straight ahead rock and roll. Uh, Dave was into disco. <laughs> you know? And no, for real, you know. And 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 together, you know, it made a soup.
let me just, I don't know how loud this is, but can you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That's so for you, buddy. Is that, is, is that the intro? <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> I don't that's know. I cool. just. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 